everybody. How's it going? I'm excited, Max. You're excited? Yes. Why are you excited? Because, you know, for all of the malarkey, tomfoolery, and hijinks of the Max and Tony show, uh, we actually have uh, a marvelous guest, uh, Julie Gustafson, who's part of the Illinois Special Olympics. Welcome, Julie. And they're having a marvelous event called Art Meets Play, September 18th from 6.30 to 10.30 at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago. And, you know, like every other thing, um, uh, they're focusing on diversity, inclusion, and the ability uh, at their finest with a group exhibition, silent auction featuring artwork by 20 Special Olympics uh, Illinois athlete artists and 20 professional, professional artists. Wow. And this is the first time this is ever happening. This is the first time. Art yeah. Meets Play, Julie Gustafson, welcome. Well, thank you both for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Big fans of both of you. Yeah, this Whoa, is, thank a, you. you know, not here in the studio. This is the bright lights, you know, you're on the Max <laughs> Tony show, you know. Yeah. Um, how did this all, how does this all come about? That You know, I, I'm sure the pandemic might have influenced it to a certain degree. It, it did. It did. And, you know, just really quickly. This goes back for me about three years ago. Okay. Um, at that time, an event like this was not even on the radar. Right. Um, but um, three years ago, 2018, Special Olympics, the organization, not just Illinois, we celebrated right. the 50th anniversary of the movement. Mm -hmm. And in the lead up to that, we had commissioned Richard Hunt, the sculptor, to do a beautiful um, monument, which is actually about 30 feet tall. Um, wow. called great, the Eternal... great, great American sculptor uh, here in uh, Chicago. Another Chicagoan, yeah. right? A treasure. We Sounds are so amazing. lucky. Um, and that, um, the Eternal Flame of Hope, once that was dedicated, um, Special Olympics Illinois then had two pieces of fine art, um, you know, t in their ownership. One being um, Richard Hunt's work, but then also Diana Levitin Gondek. Who is oh, a great. who yeah. she is? She resides in the western suburbs, um, but is a lifelong Illinoisian, mm -hmm. um, and she. <laughs> you, you pronounce that as huh? That Illinoisian, <laughs> Illinoisian. I am who I am. Tony. Sometimes I can't it, help it. Sometimes it sounds kind of cool. Yeah, you know, I, I've it, been you know the, uh, Hick and Rube that I am. I've been saying uh, Illinoisian. You know. Okay. 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 So okay. well, if. You've schooled me. You've <laughs> oh, schooled no me. worries. Um, but Diana um, had been commissioned to do a 50th anniversary oil painting for the organization that, you know, had not only, um, you know, renditions of athletes on it and uh -huh. this overarching symbol for our organization worldwide, mm -hmm. but she had also, there were specific faces that were linked to the beginning of the movement. So, um, and that included um, Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Yeah. Justice Ann Burke, who, who kind of who kind of mm -hmm. started the Special Olympics, right? You, uh, you, Eunice Kennedy Shriver. She and um, Ann Burke were um, had you know started the movement or kicked it off at Soldier Field back Whoa. in 1968. So right. I wasn't I wasn't there, of course. That's None amazing. of us were there. That's great. <laughs> but um, you know, from that, you know, immediately after that event, and that was July of 2018, I start. I sit on the board of our foundation, so the Special Olympics mm -hmm. Illinois Foundation, and I had gone to our CEO Dave Breen, okay, and said, you know, art. We own these magnificent pieces of art mm -hmm. um, that others will enjoy mm -hmm. and see, 
Um, and what are we going to do about it? You know, when are we going to bring art into the conversation? There you go. And there you, there you go, right? And um, so members of the foundation, if they were here, they'd back up saying Julie Gustafson will not go away. She wants to be on the agenda. <laughs> Just saying that, what can we do? She's outside my door now. <laughs> you know? And what really pushed it forward, to be honest, because, you know, it is a sporting organization. Yeah. They have over mm-hmm. 200 events just for sport a year. Um, but during COVID, obviously, that all went by the wayside. Yeah. And- but when you think about all of the art that is made uh, about sports, about athletes, I mean, I've made a fair number of it myself. Um, uh, honestly, it's a, it's, it's a natural kind of uh, two things to dovetail. It is. It is. Um, and so in 2019, COVID... I'm one of the co-chairs of our Gifts and Grants Committee with a nice Irishman named Ed Rafferty. Um, mm-hmm. And we were, you know, different agencies would come to us and say, these are some of the grant requests we're getting from around the state. And, you know, it's COVID, so you're not playing ball. Right. You know, there's nothing going on. There were a number of inquiries about art and from, you know, some of the poorest sections of the state. And, oh where, you know, people are asking for, you know, art supplies and things like that. And so I got really jazzed. I said, wow, I think there's something to this. And had started talking to a few board members and said, wouldn't it be cool if we did an event around art to celebrate what some very great organizations in Chicago are already doing, mm-hmm. Misericordia, with their artists and all, Sister Rosemary, She's a powerhouse and wonderful. Um, and Arts of Life, okay. which is in Chicago uh-huh. and in Glenview. And I adore those folks. And I said, it's not a new idea, but we need to celebrate the abilities of what our athletes do when they're not on the field. And especially at, you know, at right. this time. But I got to tell you guys, I did not expect that it would come back to me uh, four months ago <laughs> and said, we're going to do something. Right, right. And let's run with it. So yeah. it's like, okay. Where do, you um, go from, where do you go from there? You no, know, that's like trying to plan a wedding in four months, right? It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, so that's where it started. And art meets play. Originally, I had said, why not art at play? Because it's, you know, but, but art meets play, just talking about that intersection um, and yeah. recognition of ability. Uh-huh. Um, that's where the name came from. And it's, That's great. It's kind of spiraled from there, to be honest. Well, I've, I've uh, basically before we went on the air, I invited myself into your event, and I'm having the kid uh, bring over a piece for you to uh, put in the show. Oh, and um, yeah, <laughs> I told I, you, I, I I'm a crier. You're gonna make me cry. I cry over dog movies. We're gonna since... get our first crier on the Max and Tony <laughs> show, everybody. Oh. Uh, no, I, uh, I ever since my heart surgery, I mean. You know, I watch movies where, you know, like dogs get hurt or something. I, you know, I, I bitch up. I mean, I completely go to pieces. But, uh, no, I, I think the world of this organization, I think empowering people who have, you know, disabilities and, and live with them. But and, still have a voice. And, and still thrive have, with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, man, I've seen, I've seen some Special Olympics events. And there's a wonderful documentary called Murderball. Where these guys play basketball in wheelchairs, and I'm telling you, they are phenomenal athletes. Um, it's and a great film. I would not. Really I would not want to play against these guys. You know, they would. You know, I mean, this is uh, 
I think it was mostly war veterans of our Absolutely, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. So already kind of tough uh, guys. Yeah, but uh, I, I just think that this, uh, I've always admired the Special Olympics as an organization. I've always thought that um, it empowered and uh, gave people a heightened sense of selfhood. Because, um, you know, when, whenever we notice somebody with a disability, we tend, there's this instinct uh, either to make them invisible or to not notice it or to not, or to not, feel really, you know, just really bad for for kind of kind of no reason really it, you really kind of have to this condescending sympathy yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, um uh, i i know some uh disabled artists and dis- disabled athletes and boy i got to tell you you know um there is nothing uh, in the least bit uh, less about them not uh, at all as athletes or as people yeah my mm-hmm. grandmother used to say that everybody has something Oh, yeah. And just because you can't see it, no one is perfect. No one is born perfect. No one goes out of this life perfect. Um, And some you see, some you don't. And so, you know, one of the taglines from Special Olympics that I adopted early on was we're talking about ability, not disability. Um, And when you talk about the, the mission of Special Olympics and you talk about the creed that the athletes all know by heart. But when we talk about, you know, being brave in the attempt, Mm -hmm. we're talking about you know, saying that I'm going to go out and do my best. And I have to say these athletes are just, it's, they're a real, I mean, they provide that example to all of us that it's, yeah. it's about, you know, if someone falls down on the track, they're there to pick them up. Yeah. They recognize it's competition, but mm-hmm. they're not like cutthroat about it. Right. Yeah. They think about, you know, putting others first. They think about pushing themselves to be better, not, you know, in the context of what we all think about competition. And yeah. that's what makes it such a joy to watch. And the fact that they're not shy about some of the athletes who have come to know me over the years. Uh-huh. I've been involved officially about six years on the foundation. That, that I'll go to the winter games out in Galena and I'll go to the top of the snow mountain and I'm freezing and I'm cold because I don't ski, guys. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not built I'm for not, skiing I'm either. I'm not built I mean, for that. I never was. I, I mean, always point out, spills. I always point out to people that Sonny Bono left his mustache on a blue spruce tree right, in Colorado. Right. <laughs> I, on, a, right? you know, on a lighter <laughs> joke, I fall to stop during skiing. I've only yeah. skied two times. There you go. It becomes about, it's like, you know what? We all have specific gifts, right? Yes. It's like for me, I was like, you know, I can't do it. Um, but I, I will get go to the top of a mountain it can be 20 below zero and you know they're snowboarding they're skiing going on and then i'll be oh look there's a little warming station over here and i'll go in i've been called a wimp too many times to count um oh, but so you know, it's don't, just right don't worry say, about it. you, and i'm just and then it's just like when are we going to see you on a snowboard i'm like never yeah uh, right i'm north when, of 50 now i'm not just, no you're yeah. not going to see it you're not going to see it yeah the so. bones break much easier exactly stage, you know i, I mean, like what you said about um, the art, well, the sports world sort of being more cutthroat and Special Olympics sort of teaches more, you know, camaraderie and, and teamwork and, you know, good sportsmanship. I feel like the art world could learn a lot oh, you from bet. the Special Olympics. You bet. I mean, one of the, there's the a lot West. of that in the art world, too. <laughs> one, one of the reasons I invited myself into this experience is I think the art world should think a, a lot less about itself uh, careers, money, status, and a lot more about their community and like and how they can lift everyone. Yeah, up. exactly. Who around us right. could could use to be elevated or used to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, hold their hand. You know, I mean, right. 
Um, there's a couple of marvelous filmmakers, the Farrelly brothers. Yeah. And oh, they yeah. hire oh, yeah. all kinds of people with disabilities. And, you know, they don't, they don't write down to them. They don't write, they just make them a part of, uh, uh, a part of the everyday narrative, which mm -hmm. they are. And um, right. I, I, I always admired that uh, about those two guys, you know, and, and some of them are like absolutely deft comedians, you know, absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, removing uh, the stigma and, and not treating people as other. Um, or just uh, a. Yeah. And that was mm -hmm. coming out of the corporate world. Um I was taught very early on too that nobody's a just ah, yeah. And you know, it's, it's it was the way I was raised, but reinforced in the corporate world um, by some very special people that I just some of my best mentors came from an early age out of people that had a vested interest. They wanted me to do well. They had a sense of me as a person, yeah. um, and that I you know I would never look at them and say, oh well, she operates the switchboard, so she's a just ah. It's like yeah. she was the power center because she knew where the calls were going. She mm -hmm. knew you know, oh, different people. Um, and the same thing, I had a job on the teller line for a very short time. Hardest job I ever had in my life, um, <laughs> still to this day, but taught me so much, but taught you about people too. You know, it'd be some, about something very emotional, money. You, you know, I got to tell you, about um, money. The, the young woman who now runs my career and uh, my studio and my galleries, um, she was a gallery minder at the DePaul Museum of Art when I had my last museum show there. And just through pluck and uh, staying in touch, um, I, I just be, I, I began to realize, boy, this is, they don't know what they have in this person, you know. And, um, and now, you know, I mean, Rachel uh, Wasif Rob uh, runs my career, you know. There you so, go. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the the job that most formed me was being a caddy when I was a kid. I was a caddy at Glen Oak Country Club, and you learned a lot of things. You learned how to win graciously, how to lose graciously, and you heard the best dirty jokes in the world. These guys knew it. You know? <laughs> Good people watching, right? Yeah, absolutely, and. Um, I feel like the CTA was my caddy shack of some sort. You know, I had to take the CTA until I was 13. Absolutely. I just watching everybody was crazy. <clears throat> Julie, you said before the show that you love people. Why is that? What I mean, I'm not, I don't think me and my dad by any means are, you know. Misanthropes. Not, not people per, persons, but we have our moments where, you know, we're like, Eh, you know, you have your moments where hell, Time's hell, up. hell is yeah, other people. You and know, by no means are are we not enjoying this conversation. We love every minute of this, but it, at the same time, we get to a point. I feel like as human beings, like maybe it's an Irish thing where we just are like, I need some time to my damn self. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, but well, that, you know, that's what okay. happens when you okay. run. Okay, so you do have a little of that. A <laughs> little okay. bit. That's but, what happens when you run into assholes. But, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but, you're but always... You you seem like a huge people person and and could talk for days and and would want to get to know someone what what drives you to be like that or, or what you know well a couple things one i was taught about philanthropy from a very young age okay from mm -hmm. people that i you knew you know knew were not only family but also friends that you know teaching you to recognize the differences mm -hmm. and um, you know, the, the things that are going on in the world today, including is still with us today, like racism. Yeah, exactly. I really, ah. It's even, it's even more pernicious. My kindergarten less... class was, I mean, I, 
was with, and, and this is, okay, I'm over the age of 50. We'll just leave uh-huh. it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, the exposure to um, different levels of socioeconomic and race mm-hmm. were it just, it just didn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't secluded. I wasn't yeah, kind of like, right. you know, barricaded from the world. And I've always had a curiosity about people. Right. One of the stories I like to tell people about my, you know, my days from video and why I was drawn to it so mm-hmm. much was that I was that weird little kid that loved <laughs> going through old family photographs and just trying to bring life to them in some way, especially mm-hmm. people I'd never met. And, you know, in my case, there wasn't a lot of video around. So people yeah. that I love so much, like my grandmother, I can hear her voice in my head and I worry as I get older that I'm going to lose that. And, but I loved asking a lot of questions about the people mm-hmm. in the pictures and asking, what did they sound like? And can you, you know, imi- you know imitate them for me? Why not? Made me feel like I knew them. And what I found into the point that you made, Max, which I think is a great one, is that as a society, we tend to be very kind of guarded to some degree yeah, when we first totally. meet people. And, you know, having, you know, the bank career that I did, sometimes people were really nice, um, sometimes not so nice. Um, I'm happy to say that the very few that were not so nice, I managed to find that ground, um, whether it be because a boss told them off or um, just me just working at it. Right. Chipping away at it because again, you don't know what's going on with someone beneath right. the surface. And right? I imagine a sometimes bank. they're a complete jerk, but yeah. other times it's you know it's just they they feel like they have to be that right. Yeah, and letting their guard down. And um, I mean, even even today, I think one of the most powerful things is that I never thought of myself as any bigwig or anything, but to have somebody ask you what you think. Right. They yeah. want your advice. They yeah. wanna. They just want you to hear them out. I'm not a lawyer. I, I, I'm not an accountant or whatever. But you know, I'll be honest. Co- one of my you know. core beliefs is that people are basically decent. Yes. Because um, I see evidence of it every single day. You know, um, sure you're going to run into you know your assholes. You know, you're going to run into your your Donald Trump people. You know, I mean, uh, but I, I honestly, everywhere. yeah, I honestly <laughs> believe that people are basically good. You know, I'm. If I didn't believe that, I don't. I don't know that I could, uh, you know, go on doing what I do. I, I want to believe that some of those Donald Trump people are good people too. I want to believe that too. But <laughs> I, really I, want I, to haven't, I haven't seen it yet. You and know, you know, and I have uh, to say that I, because we all have that experience, and especially over the last, we're going to call it six, seven years. Yeah. I mean, people that um, I grew up with, um, yeah. people these, that these have been in my life for a long ages, time. You know, I mean, it's just. But, and I guess this is just the way that I'm wired. I don't get argumentative about it. I'll mm-hmm. kind of hear them out or whatever. I don't tolerate the, if it gets too crazy for me, it's kind of like time yeah, <laughs> right, enough. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I found a lot of times it's, you know, their interpretation, it's leaning more towards not the person, but it's because of the certain policies. And it's more yeah. around like the financial part of things yeah. if that makes usually, sense usually usually is yeah. because i'm still in touch with a lot of my former clients and mm-hmm. so they've all and and so when you hear people talk about it politics is not my favorite part of this conversation or whatever but sure. um you know to kind of hear whatever it just will come back to you know people worry about um you know being able to 
take care of their business, take mm-hmm. care of their family. It's, so it's the same thing in many ways across the board with some market differences, right? Yeah. Um, and we all can't like everyone. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> not everyone's going to like us, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, totally. I know that one. I'm not well, everyone's cup of tea. Okay. When I first took... <laughs> I'll tr- keep trying, but... <laughs> when I first took the job at New City writing the, writing the column, I wanted to write something like Ar- Armistead Maupin wrote about um, Tales of the City. I wanted to write mm-hmm. this lighthearted thing about... You know, life in Chicago. And then Rahm Emanuel got elected. And it was like I realized I didn't, I was becoming a political writer. I did not have the luxury of not having politics. And I mean, um, and then, you know, piggybacked that with the Trumpism. Um, I, uh, I never thought I would be, I would spend so much time writing about politics, you know, and, and, with the podcast, we drift into that once in a while, but mostly what we mostly relish is conversations like this, mm-hmm. you know, people out uh, trying to uh, affect decent change in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and mostly on a local community level, seeing as we're in Chicago and, and most of the guests we get are, are from Chicago. Uh, we like to have people who want to form, you know, Bonds and, and yeah, communities. And communities. Like, it's yeah. a relate. It's, it's definitely re- yeah. Yeah. relational. Yeah, you want to relate to people, but then one of my huge things is I'm a frustrated writer. I'm ah. pretty good, but you know, Martha, I don't know. You wrote, Martha Levy knew that. So you you wrote me a very cogent. Uh, letter and message. You didn't have to and spell I, check me or anything. You're like, no. hey, this this lady may, you know. No, I, I, the minute I saw Illinois Special Olympics, and I, you know, I I I knew you pretty much from Facebook. Um, uh, My limited page. I thought, you know, I thought this this is something that we should we should be involved in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, not only the Max and Tony show, but you know, um, every other kind of media thing that i do i mean we, we this is something that, that is so well worth shining a light on mm-hmm. um i mean we do so much stuff that's malarkey nonsense hijinks yeah and tomfoolery i think also japery, if i think you also people sometimes feel like you know we're we're always looking out for the big guests and it's not the case at all we are actually kind of modeling ourselves after a after studs, studs. Turkel yeah. type of my hero of some you know? sort you know he spent every best. Christmas Eve with studs um, when when yeah. he was alive at the end of his life. And he remembered like, me every year. I yeah. was I was ten, shocked the first you, two years. I was ten like, ten years in a row. Me? You've yeah. got to write about that. I will. I you will. have yeah. to. It's there. You know, I, I'm always telling people you need to write about that. You know, I'm after one of my friends who had been in the music industry, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, if you're going to post pictures of you um, with these, it's like, oh my gosh, as long as it's not going to violate any confidences or whatever. I mean, you could have some real yeah. fun with that, and people yeah. would enjoy it because it makes it more relatable um, and makes them seem more human and not these, you know, deities yeah. that yeah. you know, everyone, oh, well, you know, because have, everyone we, has off time, right? It's, yeah. We have we have every kind of person on this show. Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps it fun. That's what keeps it uh, right. Um, Off the top of my head, though, I every encounter I've had with stud, I had with studs was just nerve wracking. There was something about it where you knew. I mean, this was like a a, a mentor to my yeah, dad, yeah. so it always seemed that there was something big in the room. And every time I talked to him. 
the nerves would just run up me and he'd be like, what books are you reading, kid? And yeah, I'd be like, exactly. I, I, uh, 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 Harry Potter. I hate Harry Potter, but needed something just to... But you're I had to, I had to, whip, I had to no. whip something out, right? Right, yeah. right. And then the kid next to me is like, Studs, I just re- uh, read Hope Dies Last. This kid's like my age. I'm like, I'm like 12. I'm like, oh, Beat me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but your answer was yeah. more fun. I would have right. right. turned to him and said, "I just wanted to. I just. It was like the Christmas story. Right. Football. Football. Yeah. yeah, that was it." I would have turned to him next and said, "You one upping little bitch." You know. <laughs> um, well, what can I tell you more about to, to, to tell you uh, a little bit about the event, or what do you think? Yeah, please tell us about the event and. Uh, this, this sounds like an absolutely wonderful night at the MCA. Um, it's nerve-wracking. You got, some, you got the Bono brothers. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Jim and Rob Bonacorsi. Um, I remember them from high school, actually, um, where they played. You know, they were a high school band. Um, give a shout-out to Fenwick they, High School. They never, they never stopped. Um, they never stopped. Oh, you went to never Fenwick? Stopped. No, no, no. I never did. Um, but grew up in the Oak Park area. So, um, But the, there are certain, you know, People had bands in high school, um, and they went on to do wonderful things, still making music, um, cool. and just learned the other day that they had agreed that, yeah, we're, we'll play your event. So it's going to be Rob and Jim, um, you know, and Jim Bonacorsi actually just joined Special Olympics That's um, as one of our directors. And so we're thrilled to have him. Um but the MCA in September. And September is typically a huge art month. You bet um, it is. That's, I know. That's the beginning of the season. It's the beginning know. of the season. Um, September 18th from 6.30 to 10.30 at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago. Be there or be square. <laughs> and there will be links for us to post uh, for the people. There, there will be. Okay, now, cool. Um, just to give a real quick um, uh, sketch on this. Sure. Tickets are $250 for VIP. Um, one fifty for regular admission, uh, VIP. Sit, the doors open at six thirty. From six thirty to seven, we are going to have a um, just a VIP reception. It uh-huh. will give um, our VIPs an opportunity to be the first ones to see the art, which will be again twenty cool. works by um, Special Olympics athlete artists, mm-hmm. um, and then twelve um, artists from Chicago and Illinois. Um, you know. I could mention a few names, um, yeah, name but them. actually there are um, one of the artists and we're talking about um, ability. Um, one of the professional artists is Mariam Pere. Mariam is actually right now, um, her work is a part of the Frida Kahlo exhibit oh, wow. um, at the Cleve Carney no Museum way. of Art. That's how I found her um, <laughs> in the Trace Frida's um, exhibit. Um, Mariam was 20 years old, um, driving her friend's car and she was hit by random gunfire. Oh, it God. rendered her a quadriplegic. Um, she was an art student at the time. She got back to training, and she paints with her mouth. Yeah. Her work wow. is gorgeous. Um, she's in private collections. Uh, she did one of Pierce Brosnan and did him justice. You know, had to work on it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's in his private collection. Um, but uh, she's, you know, enjoying great success. Um, and I cold emailed her and said, I'm just this woman who's co-chairing this event. I'm a board member at Special Olympics Illinois. Would you consider being a part of this? And so that's where it started. Um, and she's thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, Bill Conger. Absolutely. Our William, mutual friend, the, Bill Conger. The, the great William Conger, who I've Amazing. known him for 30 years. He's just absolutely there, wonderful. There's two of them hanging on the wall behind me. I know, me, and I'm staring know. at them. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Believe me, they've been coveted many, many times. Um, you know, that's what this was about for us, was... 
how do you come across? Because originally the number was 10. Um, and you can you can imagine you can't have an open submission because you're going to get a tsunami, exactly. right? Yeah. In Chicago from different people. So it well, really next, wasn't. Next year, let me help you hit up some artists for this because. We want us. We want a, a second do. More. We yeah. got to do a second go around. The first ones are always nerve wracking, and again, mm-hmm. to be, we wanted it to be an experience where we had some great artwork. But the um, part of the draw of the evening is we have the entire museum, guys. So yeah. oh, the wow. outdoor terraces and all of the and galleries will be open. That astonishing comic show is up right now. I know, but the one at the cultural center is good too. The, oh, they're both great. They're both great. The one at the cultural center was curated by Chris Ware. Who oh, is wow. he's a he's a one friend of, the, one of, the of my friend who works for DK's and so yeah. uh, Monica so yeah oh, uh, wow. but absolutely Mo- Monica Wilsack yes yeah I, I I know that whole little mafia over there I love those <laughs> folks is that kind of like that like the Bridgeport mafia you know I I, I, I love um, <laughs> the Beverly mafia yeah no Nathan lives uh, Nathan Mason lives uh-huh. far up north. Um, we have a show of his in the dime right now. He makes these marvelous. Uh, mashups of ceramic sculpture but i know monica and sel campbell and the folks from the beverly art center but but for my money the cultural center is the best the best thing going in town because you never pay an admission to get in there. no it's not it's free and i mean i, I so love that i, I mean, love it and they always have such exciting things going on i love traipsing through i used to say and i still say between meetings downtown, it's a great way if I can cut through and walk Absolutely. through and see what's going on. Um, uh, Jeremiah um, Holsbros, who he has um, an exhibition, a sculpture exhibition that's going on in one of the upper floors. I'm going to have to go see um, that. It's amazing. I think it's still on. Actually, it's um, Jeremiah Holsbros Spofford. I'm okay. sorry, he hyphenates. Um, but it was great. But I love kind of running through. Um, and I had met Monica when I um, had formed a volunteer group for SAIC oh, back in 2016. She's, a, she's so, a marvelous person. And, she's uh, amazing. She's she and I went part through of that the whole MCA Beverly, together. That whole Beverly uh, art walk down there, her and Sal Campbell. And yeah, they're just, uh, you know, we've got some amazing art professionals in this city. They, and, uh, yeah, they, they get it. And, uh, you know, like you, Tony, and Max as well. You know, really supporting artists, supporting artists. And that was really the genesis behind this, too, yeah. was it's like, how are we going to come up with like just 10 artists? Because everyone has an opinion. Not everybody. Yeah. Now, I'm not an art advisor. I know what I like. Um, I don't advise for clients on it, but I love people and I love the stories. And so yeah. for the last six, seven years, as I've traveled, gone to different art fairs um, and even at home here in Chicago, just learning about the people and, you know, how can you help? So today for me, it's like, and when we came to choosing, you know, the artwork um, with, you know, members of the committee, it was, look, let's be honest here. We want folks that understand this is a special Olympics event. So it's just sort of philanthropic in in tone, but also this has got to be diverse. And um, so we, when we went out and just to be honest, it was completely relational we didn't just like, oh, my gosh, who's the big artist of the moment, right? Because, you know, the artists, the um, artwork averages around 5K. Uh-huh. So from the And it was, you know, we don't have time, given the short runway, to go out and kind of, you know, as to your point, Tony, sometimes the art world is a place where it's not friendly to everybody. Yeah, it can be really um, hard to navigate um, but I'm I'm more than willing to help you reach out to um, my friends that are artists. I mean, the thing I always tell artists is, 
the greatest assets we have in our community is each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, about 90% of the time, you're going to find people who want to want to be part of uh, something good and and, uh, and they'll contribute. And it's an opportunity to learn not only more about the organization, because <clears throat> the athletes are like the best promoters that we have, yeah, ambassadors yeah. in the community. Um, for those that are selected to show their work, um, some of them, I mean, Arts, they're what I call duels. Um, they may be residents of Misericordia and athletes of Special Olympics Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. Or they're a resident artist in either Glenview or in Chicago for Arts of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our partnerships with these other organizations, we really are doing this as a collaboration, not like, oh, hey, this is our new event. And it's, you know, right. it really is about, and we're like, come on in to the extent that we can, given that. You know, it's the first time doing this Absolutely. and we're not going to get over our skis and over promise. And because having that group of 12 artists in the 20 is that, you know, we we want to sell out, guys, um, yeah. because it's great work, great ability um, and just excited to see as many people as possible come to the event. If you can't come to the event, um, do let us know. Um, we'd love to do it again. So we're looking for community support for it. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a great party. And we're watching COVID, you know, those restrictions very, very carefully. And the MCA has been a great partner for us. um, Mask up. People are going to be masked up, correct? um, Yes. So, right, that's that's the rule right now, right? Because we know it's slipping back and forth. But that's why even more important, I'm glad that we had the foresight. And even in the last few months when we went under contract with the MCA was to make sure that we had the proper capacity limits Mm Um, and so people that, you know, cause there are people who haven't been to a museum in a couple of years mm-hmm. who haven't been buying art. Now, right. no disrespect to the online art community, because I've spent the last year and a half attending like every art fair <laughs> online, <laughs> um, participating in talks and all of that for work. But it's not the same. And so the recent news about remasking, I'm like, oh, God, we're this is where what we're back to. But, you know, I think that for many people knowing that if, if it can be made as safe as possible mm-hmm. and to see some of these fine exhibitions, Precisely, yeah. right? Yeah. And get um, that experience that you can never get on a computer. Exactly. And the food is going to be over the top because oh. I'm an equal opportunity eater. <laughs> and I got to tell you, um, it, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. The MCA mm. is just really knocking it out of the park cool. with food. Cool. Um, so between the music, the food, the camaraderie, the art, can't forget about the art, absolutely. but then the crowd. Um, we would just love to have people... Come and there will be people from Special Olympics Illinois like me that you can hit up and say, tell me more about Special Olympics. And I'm more than happy to talk to anybody and everybody. How can we contact you? Um, well, first of all, the website um, for this event, it's art meets play at S-O-I-L-L dot org. Gotcha. Um, and you can What's always, that website again? <laughs> art meets play at S-O-I-L-L dot org o-r-g right on so that's uh art meets play at s-o-i-l-l dot org yes okay good good the event is called art art meets play it's happening september 18th from 6 30 to 10 30 at the museum of contemporary art in chicago julie it's been a joy to have you thank you so much please promise us you'll come back Absolutely. Art meets play too. Art meets play too. Well, knock on wood. Now, do I have some new recruits? Oh, yeah. For the committee? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I I will be here. (laughs) Yes. Okay, kid, take us out. Okay. Thank you, Julie. (laughs) 
Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 95th episode, sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Drink, drink, drink. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Don't forget to check out our newfound TF projects and the Dime showroom on 1513 Northwestern. Who are we showing at the Dime? The Dime, uh, this is the final week for Nathan Mason. Is that right? Absolutely. And uh, he's got a great show, and it's been hanging for a glorious couple of months. And uh, if you haven't checked it, what are you doing? Um, yeah, exactly. Get your head out of your ass. Come see his show. Yeah. And don't forget to check out Door 24. Drink some wine. And where was this Door 24? It used to be your old gallery. 2124 North Damon. That's right. 2124 North Damon. Door 24. Drink wine. Support winos. Absolutely. And don't forget to check out themaxandtonyshow.com where you can tune in to all our old episodes ask burning questions which not a lot of you do but we'll still, but we'll still answer them. them yeah we'll still answer them and then you can tune into our next episode which will be episode 96 the 96 bulls the greatest team of all time we will not be talking about them but I just wanted to that's kind of what it is 96 there you go <laughs> That's it. Yeah.